In this episode, we're speaking to Charles Collier. Charles is a managing partner of Herbicide Partners, a real estate syndication firm, and has been actively investing in multifamily and commercial real estate since 2006. Since that time, he has invested in over 200 million worth of investments in real estate. Charles is also the host of Global Investors Podcast, where he interviews professionals about investing in US real estate. Let's speak to Charles and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. And remember, if you want to know how you can upgrade your money mindset, then click on the link www.millionairefoundations.com and watch my free training. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We have Charles Kalia. Welcome, Charles. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm doing great. Great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us, Charles. Charles, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are, but please, in your own words, (laughs) tell everybody what it is that you do. So uh, I am a real estate investor. I've been investing in multifamily real estate since 2006. Awesome. Fantastic. So before the massive crash, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a very interesting time. Yes, it was interesting. Time. You, you you entered right at the peak of the of the season, which is 2006. And That's right. Then, and then you weathered the, the storms in 2008, which is awesome. All right. So talk us through, Charles. Okay. So talk us through how, where did he start and how did he end up, end up being here? And how did you weather that storm that was a massive massive storm to you know to, to be able to deal with in 2008 so talk us through your journey you're right so uh just a little background on myself so i was uh, i'm born from a small town in connecticut and um, i grew up in a real estate investing family my dad was a real estate investor since uh, he bought his first multifamily property in 1984 a six family property so um from a very young age i started in the business uh, with my dad let's say well, learning from my dad, not really in the business. And, uh, but he owned a lot of apartment buildings with a partner and um, they were not the, they're not the best properties in the best area. So it was a very interesting experience uh, going through, going through that and uh, how he uh, bought properties, how he managed them because he self-managed them. He had a small team of people that worked with him uh, for him to manage those properties. And uh, not something I was really interested in at the time. Being younger, I just like the properties weren't that great, and it wasn't it wasn't really a uh, a sexy industry it seemed like to get into. So, but I think during high school, uh, I really realized the uh, the power of having the residual income, having the consistent income that comes from uh, the passive income that comes from owning real estate, and uh, that was one thing that really interested me. So when I left. Uh, when I left college in 06, I purchased my first property. As you, uh, as you rightfully uh, said, there at the peak of, <laughs> at the peak of it, at the end of 2006, and um, it was, uh, it was, I mean, it was a very interesting time buying it. It's similar to the frantic that was going on here in like 2020 to, I guess, 2021, yeah. 2022, um, of people buying properties, and, uh, but then everything 
you know, as uh, and interest rates are higher now than they were back then. I think my mortgage was like six and a half percent when I bought there. But what I did is I bought a three family property, which now we call in the real estate investing sphere, they'll call that um, house hacking, where I lived in one of the units and rented out the other two. It was about a mile and a half from the college I just graduated from. So I rented out the two other units to other people I knew from college. And um, it worked out great. I mean, it took care of pretty much my whole mortgage um, with those other two units. And uh, it kind of dipped my toe into becoming a real estate investor hands on. And um, yeah, then, you know, 2007 happened, 2008. And uh, at the end of 2008, I bought another property, another three unit property. And then 2009, um, at the end of that, I bought a, uh, a small commercial property, which was a small apartment building. It had four residential units and then had one commercial commercial unit in it. And um, that was a very interesting time in the market because everything, unless you were buying residential properties, like one to 40 unit properties that could be financed by like the FHA, they called the government financing back. Um, nothing was selling because there's no financing available for those type of properties. So it was, um, you couldn't refinance the properties. The only way of making money was just, you know, buying them very low cash and then having to rent them out. Right. So it worked, it worked out well. It was, it was good. And I, you know, I, during this time I self-managed properties and all this kind of stuff and then kind of grew up from there. Wonderful. Now, you went to college and you bought a property. Talk me through that because that's that's a very unique uh, way to go to college. A lot of the times when you think of going to college, you think of buying, you know, outgoings and you know, living in halls and whatever else and all the other expenses. But you turned it on the heads, which I think is a great strategy and something I'm looking for for my daughter to um, to actually buy and then rent out the other places so that um, you know that that rent can cover the mortgage plus you you know you get a little bit of pocket money to live off as well. How did what made you do that, and what gave you the confidence to do that? And how old were you at the time? Uh, so I had just graduated. I never, I never did it when I was in college. I just ah. um, my friends were um, studious, let's say, and didn't graduate on time, so they were easy marks for being tenants to me when I when I actually did that. It was no problem renting. I've never really had problems renting apartments. Very if you're, it's it's always pretty easy to rent apartments, um, but it's um. It's something that uh, for the first year or two, I had people that I had known living there. It was fine. You know, there's, you know, some lines that you have to kind of draw on the sand to, to get stuff done. But it it's not, you know, it's it, nothing turned out terribly. But um, my dad gave me the idea for doing the house hack. And okay. back, we don't now they call it a house hack. Back then it wasn't like that. You know what I mean? You would go through and explain people what you're doing, which was, you know, trying to minimize what you're paying in mortgage. And it, it's a great way of going. And I told other people in college to do the same thing. And no one did it. And it's fine. Mm -hmm. But it's also one of those things is that, see, the beauty of that was that if someone got out of college when I didn't bought a single family house and, you know, a year or two later, they found themselves greatly underwater and uh, say they had to move somewhere for a job or they just couldn't cover it. They would have to now figure out something with the bank. Mm -hmm. Um, If you had done on my route and that same situation happened. Like when I moved to Florida in 2012, I literally just rented out the unit and left. You know what I mean? I had I had put a management company in place of all my properties and stuff like this, but it was something that um, I didn't have to sell a property. And if it wasn't a down market, I didn't, I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff because you're just replacing and renting a unit out. It's much easier. Um, and then you can kind of weather the storm until, or kick the can down the road, however you want to say it, until the value comes back up. And so it gives you a lot more freedom. Now, of course, with freedom, I mean, there's going to be a little bit more responsibility uh, in that sense. But if it's done correctly, it can be a great way of doing it. So it was my dad that implanted it into my uh, my mind. And then it was, um, 
you know, I just, he kind of worked from an arm's length as a, a mentor for buying property. And mainly what he was saying was just buying in better areas. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'd show him a property. He was like, no, you know, buy a better area. That's not a good area. And that's great advice. And it's like the first advice I tell people now. It's very difficult to get swept up in properties that you think are inexpensive that are deals, but they're just not great properties. Mm. And those are not going to appreciate. They're they're not going to be your best return on value. So what would, you, what would you say were your biggest lessons in your early days when you were starting out straight graduating from high school and going and and running business for yourself? It is a business on the side um, or maybe your full-time business. What was the biggest takeaways and what's the biggest learning thing, you know, experiences you would go, you know, fall back on or go back and tell you yourself about? Uh, so I think the 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 big one, the big um, learning moments in uh, in that was, for the real estate's perspective, it was really just um, when you're buying properties, as I said, buy better properties. It was buy properties that when you're doing your first uh, investing into your first rental property, it's important to buy properties that are require minimal work. You know, don't get into large renovations. It's just something that's going to, I mean, it's just, you you can't take it on as a new investor. And it's something that every time I see it from new investors, it's always like a mess. They don't know how to estimate it. They don't know how to manage it. They don't have the right people to hire to do it. And, you know, once you get down the road and done a handful of these, that's when you can take on these larger projects. And I did that on my second project, not on my first one. And, um, so it's um that's that's one thing I would say. The other thing too is that um if, if it it allows you to dip your toe in when you're doing this, um, when you're doing the house hacking into becoming a landlord because and you know there's pros and cons to everything. Like you're living next door to your tenants, which isn't really the end of the world. It's it's fine, and I never had any issues there. But it's something that if something goes wrong, you're not driving you know half hour somewhere to look at something. You're literally going downstairs. If you work at home, you open up the door, handman comes in, fixes something. You know what I mean? It's very easy to manage in that sense, and um, so it's an easier way of becoming a landlord uh, is uh, by you know buying a property, living in. Also, you get really good financing if you're buying a one to four. 40 unit property. So we're multifamily. So two to 40 units, you're able to really get great financing as a first time home buyer here in the United States. So that's another way where you can get in for like three and a half percent down. So that's really the main thing about doing it. Um, as you know, I was running an online business at the time. So this is, as you said, like a side hustle and it was just something and I was, you know, uh, I was, you know, uh, self-employed at that time as well. So I've been self-employed, um, since before getting out of college. So it's something or before going to college. So it's something that, uh, I'm really used to. And I don't know, it's just something that, uh, when I'm you know looking at properties or when I'm looking at investing to something or doing it, I, I really have a plan of what I'm doing and, the times when I become more focused, it's been easier to accomplish that. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. So, so let's elaborate that. When you say when you focus on something, it becomes easier to accomplish that. Explain that to us. Why does that happen? I know the reason. I just want to know. From yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's Everybody has a different uh, perspective on it. And so I would just say that when you're able to you know, focus, when you're able to cut off other distractions, that's when you're going to be able to, um, you, you're able to really pour yourself into what you're working on. And, um, you know, you'll ha- I see people that will have like a, 
you know, shiny penny kind of syndrome type thing. And they're like going here, then it's over here. And they're like, well, it could be from anything. It'd be like from you running a business and you're like, okay, I'm going to change my business to go this direction now, or I'm going to start a new business because of this, or I'm investing in something different because of this. And I think that's incorrect. I mean, if you're, you know, it's something that um, once you focus on what you're doing, and you can, you know, not saying that you can't go to that new thing down the road, but the real thing is focus on what you're doing now, you know, build this as you're building it. And then if you want to add this on in the future or what you're doing or how is it going to assist you in the future, um, you can hire someone, um, you know, part-time, full-time, whatever it is. You can partner with someone to bring on that additional kind of uh, line that you want to bring into your business. But initially, I think it's really just focusing on it very simple. And I think if you read, um, if you read on uh, just any type of biographies on successful entrepreneurs, there is a very important, important part of their business of their life that they've just stated that they say no a lot. And um, it's it's really important to do that and to really figure out what your goals are, how you're going to accomplish that, and getting rid of, you know, all these other distractions. So you can just focus on in the beginning, you know, you're doing this, I was focusing on two things, which is, you know, but I wasn't focusing on like 10 things, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and the real estate was a more passive thing too. It's like when I had money, I bought property uh, for my business and then you would just kind of manage it. And that was one part, like a part-time business that you're really running where you had a real focus on it. And when I had to put third party management in place of, um, you know, what I was doing when I moved to Florida because I didn't want to sell them. So that took off, that added so much, took a lot of stuff off my plate and add so much more time to my ability to really grow my main business, which allowed me to buy a lot more property. And it was allowed me to look at more properties because you got rid of like a lot of tasks. You were kind of forced to get rid of a lot of tasks that I, if I had not moved, I would have probably still been doing for, for years after that. So what was the other business? You said you had another online business. Yeah, so I had an online business and I started it in college and it was a uh, payment processing business that my uh, my partner and my brother runs now full time. And um, it's a very niche business and we started it... Uh, he started his own, I started one and we like we combined him after a couple of years and um, he went full time in, uh, in running it, um, you know, I think I want to say like 2018 or so. And uh, so... But it was a. It allowed us to. I did a lot of traveling because of that business because we had a lot of clients in Europe and partners in Europe that we worked with, and so it was something that uh, it allowed me to. Uh, you know, it, it allowed me to do some traveling and allowed me to. Uh, that was a, another business that was run off of passive income as well because you'd set up an account and you get paid as they run payments and stuff like mm. this on a residual basis. So. It's similar to real estate in that sense. Um, and that's kind of like industries that I like dealing with, um, businesses that really generate cash flow on a monthly basis. But uh, it was, um, you know, that allowed me too, is that when I, you know, in 2019, I started a podcast on investing in the United States. Uh, and I got that idea from speaking to people I worked with abroad. And they were like, well, how do we invest into the US? Mm. And I was like, I, I don't really know. Because they would ask you, you know, common uh, dinners with your clients and they're asking about what else you do and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Digging into what you do outside of your immediate business interests that you share together. And um, that was real estate. And I was so... I'm so happy about it. It was such a great... Uh, it's a, just like really a passion of mine is, um, you know, buying, buying properties, renovating them, renting them out. And it's like a win-win for everyone. It's just a great business. And 
people were like, well, how do you do this? And then, you know, I was able to start bringing investors into this, like in 2018, 2017, when we started um, working with investors to invest into our properties. But um, that's kind of like the whole thing about how I did it was running that little payment processing business. And then anytime I had additional money, it was going back into real estate. And then mm. it kind of changed it around where my real passion I realized was the real estate wasn't so much my my online business that I was running. Hmm. So what I'm hearing is it's just organically grew into the into the, the to the to level that it has now. And so you started bringing investors on board when uh, because there are people in Europe who are interested in investing in in the US, but because US has a lot of favorable like the, what you just said. We don't have that here in in UK. We don't have you know you can't we don't have multiple you know apartments like that. And to have it's just it will be residential being a completely different thing and it doesn't have those favorable aspects that you just mentioned we won't have yeah. that if i buy um you know if i buy a four um you know a four apartment building here like you know a, a house which has four apartments in it i will be i'll be able to get residential on one the other three will be still buy to lets they will not be they will not come under the same thing so we don't have those laws which uh which help you to build that kind of portfolio that you just mentioned um, and so it'll be it's interesting for people obviously investors abroad to be to buy into the market um which and especially the us has a very booming market um, i'm not so sure at the moment but you have until recently because of covid the market across the globe i think was booming for market, for real estate wasn't it okay so um, here's another question to you now so when you so in your life you have very slowly but organically transitioned from one you know, from one uh, form to another, you know, went from um, uh, you know, university, um, you know, uh, studying at university at the same time, um, you ended up having your own, your online business. So you, you became business owner at that time. And then you simultaneously changed into um, the hat of being an investor and uh, being a property manager, obviously about living in it too. And then you gradually had additional properties. So you became a landlord for additional properties. And then you had a management company to handle the stuff and you were to focus more. And then eventually now you've got become, you know, a, which, uh, where you have a company where you allow people to invest in yours. You've taken your roles very gradually, in, you know, very slowly. It seems when you look back in hindsight, it just seems that it seems very normal for you to go in that direction. What's the biggest difference in you that you find as a person so Charles now and Charles who was you know starting out in college you know starting off his online business what would you say are the major differences between the two and obviously you've changed and evolved into the person you are because you can manage the companies and the business you have now but what's the major difference oh that's great that's a great question I think uh the main difference is that um I've really taken the approach over the last uh, several years of hiring other people to assist in, with with tasks and so I can really focus on income generating, revenue generating uh, tasks, the main ones. And that has helped me save so much time over the years. And it was from really from reading and uh, incorporating like the four hour work week with, uh, with Tim Ferriss and taking mm. that, those principles and really integrating them into it. And that gives you like a framework of what it is. But then when you realize and you make a list of stuff that you're doing every day and the stuff that you can like take off your plate and give to someone else to do makes you a lot more effective. And it allows you just like he put in that book, he's a lot more effective with just working four hours a week or whatever, however his time schedule was. But the thing that was that, um, you know, you're going to be a lot more effective with less hours that you're working. So if you're putting in that full full eight hours a day, you're going to be very effective compared to other people that are doing you know mundane tasks that do it. So that's one thing I think that's very important is really uh, if you're running your own business, I think one of the first things you do is get some sort of assistant to help you with what you're doing. 
Um, no matter if it's, you know, start them off at an hour to a week, you know what I mean? You can find a virtual one, whatever it is, and then make a list of stuff you do every day, or you consistently do, or number one, you don't like doing, which is what I have, you know, a list going. And I'm like, you know, as soon as I can get this off and then my plate, this is what I want to do. And once it's done and it takes a couple months for them to learn exactly how to do it, how it should be done or how you want it done, then you can really focus your time. Uh, on other tasks that are really going to generate income, right? Which is for most people, it's talking to, uh, it's, you know, it's talking to your clients, talking to potential clients, talking to customers. If you're in real estate, looking at properties, it's talking to investors, um, underwriting properties. Those are going to be the ones that are really driving, you know, driving growth. Uh, posting to LinkedIn is not really going to, um, it's great for your business and it's something that you should do, uh, but it's something that's not going to, you know, push the meter, right? Or like designing your logo, you know what I mean? Um, and then I think the second thing is also it, it back then it was kind of everything was focused on me. And now when you start when you start taking money from investors, you the light changes a lot and you're investing alongside them. So what's good for the investor is good for you too. But it's something that is um you're really focused on the, the investor. You're focused on other people that are working with you that have that have put their trust into you to do what you said you're going to do and to, I mean, everyone, every project's going to have bumps in the road. It's going to be really good months and there's going to be months that are less than what you probably estimated. And um, what you're doing there is really just kind of ironing out everything and whatever, whatever gets thrown at you, you know, working through that business plan to, you know, to show a good return to your investors. Wonderful. Wonderful. So on that note, we're going to wrap up. Do you have any parting comments for our audience, Charles? Um, I would say, um, you know, find out, uh, you know, list up what you're doing, what you want to do in the next uh, 10, 15, uh, 5, 10, 15 years of your life and kind of work back from there. So figure out what your goals are and kind of work back to figuring out how you're going to achieve them and bring it back to as close of a daily or weekly type of time frame for your goals. And that will help you to achieve all your goals through. And once you see that progress, that's going to make you unstoppable in your journey. Wonderful, wonderful. And so tell us, Charles, how can we connect with you? Where can we find out more? And where can we find out how to invest with you? So if you're interested in learning anything about uh, investing in uh, US real estate, we mainly work with apartment buildings and stuff like that. It's going to be our company's harborsidepartners.com. So if you go to harborsidepartners.com, there's tons of information there. I have a twice weekly podcast. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, we have a ton of different information you can learn. We have free guides. Um, and if you're interested in investing with us, yeah, fill in a form there and get on a call with one of the partners. And uh, we can kind of walk you through what we do. And we can add you to our uh, new deal email list. Wonderful, wonderful. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, then the links that Charles just mentioned will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the links for him too. Do check him out and see if he can help you build yeah, well, build some passive income through investing. All right. Thank you so much, Charles. We have to have you back on Money Talkies, but today, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening to me and go, um, me and go and Charles today. I will be back with another amazing guest on finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time we meet, this is Go Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.goalcarn.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money 
from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.